America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to The Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, supporting small and medium-sized businesses by creating greater freedom for them to succeed. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and on today's show, we'll be free riding, Ron. It's Free Rider (laughs) Friday. Love it. Yes, once every month, we just kind of free ride and talk about what's going on, potentially current events, because our show is normally topically based. But uh, in about 15 minutes, we are going to have a guest on, Ron, and that is Michelle James. She is the winner of the Small Business Person of the Year contest for SAGE, and we're going to interview her at quarter past the hour. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, me too. That's great. Yeah. Cool stuff. But let's, let's start our, our, our free riding off, Ron. All right. I, I, good, qu- quick one for you. First of all, let's go Mets, as, you, as many of you know. Uh, I've of talked course. about this before. A huge, huge Mets fan. I don't fan know, Ed. Two, two, I don't know. Two nothing. Two nothing. It, it, I will admit this. It's a pivotal game. I don't know if you're aware of this, Ron, but no, no team has ever come back in a World Series uh, from for, three games to nothing. There, there, have been, there have been, I think it's happened twice, that a team has come back from three nothing in a playoff series to win. But, but not um, in the world. Not in the I was going to ask you what the record is for two and zero, but believe it or not, it's it's surprisingly high. Okay, including the last time the Mets won in nineteen eighty six, they they lost the first two, and and that was even worse because they lost the first two at home. Anything to this pine tar issue on the uh, Royals catcher shin guard? Eh, you mm. know, even e- e- possibly, but even the uh, manager of the Mets, Terry Collins, said, "Look, you know, p- pine tar is all over the place, right? <laughs> it's, it is. I mean, because they, right. they the the batters use it to rub down the bats and right, and hold right. on, and yet could could bats get caught next to shin guards? Yes. Is it possible that he was rubbing it on? Yes." So people, you know, and and just this is just magnified with any game. There were people saying that Johnny Cueto had something in his hair last night, and he was putting it on the or two nights ago he was putting it on the bye. You know, <laughs> it's it's pretty hard to to you know to to prove that, and you know any advantage I guess in a World Series, but you know ba- baseball is one of this few sports that I think actively encourages cheating, but as long as you don't get caught. Well, but did you hear, Ed, not to go off on this, but Joe Montana was asked uh-huh. about the Brady scandal, and he said, good for him. He's cheating. That's what right. we're supposed to do. Yeah, true. Yeah, try, to, try to find an advantage. I, you know, not sure I buy into that. But, but, that, but it really has been a part of baseball since the inception, right? The whole idea of a, like a spitball and all that stuff. So. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, but anyway, I wanted to, don't want to necessarily free ride ju- just on the Mets, although let's go Mets and hopefully they, they win. But um, I want to talk to you about the new Apple TV. Oh, you know, okay. The, the new Apple TV came out today, officially in stores today. The I guess it's the fourth generation. Mm-hmm. Of Apple TV, and it's not only. Do you have an Apple TV, Ron? Uh, my brother has one. Yeah, brother has. So, you, so you're familiar with the technology. It's you yep. know just the nice little remote. Well, couple things. I don't know if you're aware. They've first of all made it so that there's two different versions, and they're leaving the third one, the the older version, the the the, the third generation in place. So mm. there there goes Apple with you know one one two and three right right the three bears pricing. And interestingly enough, they are now adding memory to it, mostly because you can now download apps to your Apple TV, and mm-hmm. which includes, of course, games. So it is now, in addition to just the Apple TV, it's also a game console <laughs> as well. But people are complaining because, first of all, there's very few games for it, which is not all that surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except that really, Apple is usually out ahead, and usually they open and there's you know fifty thousand games day one. But the other thing is, is that they said that there's a really poor methodology for finding the apps and sorting them. So that's mm-hmm. been a challenge opening up. But what I really wanted to do with that, first of all, I talked about the pricing, and now that they have three choices. But today, also, Amazon announced that it is pulling off the Apple TV from the Amazon store. <laughs> Can't buy Apple TV right. on the Amazon store. And they have z- no plans for introducing an Amazon Prime app mm. for the store because that's one of the most complained about things is that people would really like to, you know, because if you have an Amazon Prime membership, you have all access to all this content. Right, right. right? Yeah, Absolutely through it and what's really curious is is i would would think that it was apple that was putting the kibosh on it but the announcement today was apple's like nope they can submit and they could submit a a, an amazon prime app whenever they wanted get access to their content we got no problem with it Hmm. and because right in a way this is interesting because now apple of course is providing the content and they want you to buy stuff through itunes but now with their music app, you can have unlimited music, but they still don't have unlimited content with regard to mu- movies and TV shows, mm-hmm. right? Now, they do have a Hula app, and you can watch Hula through it. But, uh, you know, Amazon, a lot of people pay for Amazon Prime. They're kind of ticked that they can't, they can't watch their, their TV shows through the Apple TV. So, yeah, what, isn't that going to be interesting to see how this plays out, huh? That is, because these two companies don't like one another very much, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, no. Did, didn't Jobs once say about Google that I'll spend every penny in my bank account to ruin them? Because <laughs> 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 of the Android? When, yeah, 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 you know. But look, Apple and IBM didn't get, get along for a while either. Now, you know, at, IBM's all about Apple. So Right, okay. right. Yeah, no, that is very interesting. I, I hadn't seen that. Very, very interesting. Yep. All right. So you're up. That's all I wanted. What do you got? I got a mucky business uh, title of an article from The Economist uh, for September 26. And Ed, it's about the Volkswagen scandal. Oh, and yeah. And the whole emissions thing. But that's not what I want to talk about. I mean, that, you know, I think Volkswagen was very clever, um, you know, writing software that knew when the cars were being tested. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and they acted differently, right? They behaved differently and therefore passed the emission test. 
But there's something that caught my eye buried in the middle of this article that just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Now, you remember we did a two-part show back in September 26th and August 3rd of last year called the Top 10 Business Myths. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? And we had to divide it up into two shows because, you know, five per show. And do you remember what one of those myths were that we always love to talk about, which is the market share myth? Oh, yeah. Right. And, and I don't I forget where it ranked in, in our top 10. I, I, I know it's up there a ways. Um, but, you know, the economist goes on to report, why did VW take the risk of cheating? Right. Because, I mean, they're being fined now some just enormous amount of money. And the first reason is an overwhelming desire for size. They are obsessed with surpassing Toyota. Mm. It's the largest. Now, in, in some years, I believe they already have. And depending on how you count brands and whether or not you include trucks, I mean, you know, there's all sorts of funny games with these statistics, right? Who's the biggest car manufacturer? Right. Uh, but here's the interesting thing, Ed. Even that, that's interesting in and of itself, right? The pursuit of market share, market share. But here, get this statistic. You know, we always love to talk about Pareto, right? 2080. Yeah. Cars carrying the VW badge make up 60% of the sales, but the profit margin, 2%. Okay, now let me, let me unpack this a second. So this is, this is cars that have the little VW label VW. on the front. Because they have a right? lot of different brands. They have a lot of different brands. And those cars make up 60% of their market sales. share, right? Of their, their sales, I'm sorry. And but only two percent of the profit for them. Okay, well, say the okay. Profit margin on them. Profit is margin. All right. Right. All right. So where 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 is the other? Well, are they? I would ask this question again. Do you know what? The, did the article talk about what their profitability was overall? Uh, no, it just basically talked about their share price. They did talk about profits a little bit, uh, but they didn't give any type of breakdowns on their brands. I'm not even sure if. Uh, VW reports that type of information because they have some interesting brands, right? Mm. They have Bentley, Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini, Skoda, and Scania. Mm. Okay. So, but it just, I found that fascinating, you know, that here they are, 60% of the cars they sell have a profit of 2%. And yet they just want to get bigger. Bigger, bigger, pass, surpass Toyota, surpass Toyota, do whatever it takes to grow market share. And that's one of the reasons why they cheated on this emissions testing. Wow. You know, that's it. the market the market share myth just keeps coming back. It's the, the, this whole idea that you, ha, you know, have got to grow market share, got to grow market share, and that that leads to profitability. Yep. Right. No, it, it's man. just like uh, Richard Minniter says in the book, you know, it, uh, the market share myth. It, it's, it's, it's the fool's gold of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, we're not saying that, and I think we talked about this on the show, we're not saying that you shouldn't grow sales. Of course you can. That's not, that's not the not the problem. It's just, but it's it's growth without a focus on profitability is perilous, right? We've got to, you know, right. the whole profit and, is the price we pay for tomorrow. And the fact that market share is a result of, of doing things successfully. Correct. Like, like, Mar like Walmart, you know, they obviously, yep. they grew to a big market share, but that's because they were offering a viable, sustainable profit, a value proposition. So, yep. just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, well, we got about we got about three minutes or so till our break. So let me just throw a quick one out at you, and I, this might be on your stack too, because I think it was you who originally posted this, but I don't know if it, this made the, the into you. Speaking of profit, 
and market share and making money. Um, it turns out turns out you now have to pay a a price to get in to see Karl Marx's grave. Oh, you bum! You took my next item off the stack. Yep. You oh, have yeah. to, You have to pay to go to Highgate Cemetery. And Ed, the first time I did anything with Paul O'Byrne, it was drive to Highgate because they put him in charge of it because he's kind of an amateur photographer at the time. Mm-hmm. And we went up to Highgate and. That you know, they pass out little brochures on marks, but they didn't charge back then. But now they're charging. And when you read the story, and I read the Wall Street Journal story, yes, yes, it, yes, there's yes. lots of different stories out there, but all the Marxists are really pissed off about this. And I was just howling. <laughs> <clears throat> well, but it's not specifically to see his grave, right? It's 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 just to see because there's lots of other other relatively famous people who are buried there. Yeah, but he's got the he's got the most outrageous tombstone, you know. And it's not like the 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 cemetery in Paris where it, it's just kind of a beautiful place and all the tombstones are just overwhelming. His kind of really stands out. So I do think people make the trek just to see him there. Okay, so he's but so he's the anchor. He is. Absolutely. He's the anchor store. Yeah. He's he's the Nordstrom or Macy's or whatever. Of the Highgate Cemetery. Okay. Two hundred visitors a day, by the way. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I guess, you know, Highgate, they, they just want to preserve the grounds or something. I mean, that and, makes total sense. And, and one mark, that's one Marx has said, you know, well, that, they're paying for the upkeep around the gravesite, keep the flowers fresh and all that. So there you go. The labor theory of value lives on. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, well, sorry, I, I stole that one from your stack of stuff. That's, oh, that's, that's, right. that, that's okay. I figured we could do that one relatively quick. That's why I brought it up. But we are now uh, up against our first break, but we'd like to remind you that you can visit us on thesoulofenterprise.com and we have post show notes up there as well as previews of upcoming shows and we can also see our the book that we have out there at, at thesoulofenterprise.com slash book but when please keep those uh, cards and letters coming by reviewing the book on amazon.com the, those are like gold to us as well as the show on itunes and but uh, in the meantime we want to hear from our sponsor leading results become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america we believe great companies can become even greater by challenging the status quo within their companies the latest challenge to your status quo the way people buy has changed buyers now control the majority of the front end of the sales process sellers must learn to facilitate a buying process not conduct a sales process social buying signals are an opportunity for sales learn more go to quantacrm.com slash abc to request a copy of the white paper always be closing a guide to the new art of social selling is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson if your site is not the best lead generation tool you have we should talk we are leading results we build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line using hubspot or wordpress we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found converts web visitors to leads and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. 
read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. And we are free riding here on Friday on the Soul of Enterprise. And now I'm very excited about our next segment here. Uh, one of the great things, Ron, about my job at Sage is that not only do I get to help make Sage a better place by sharing my talents internally, but you know I do a lot of work with our partner organizations who sell and implement our software. But lately, over the last couple of years, I've had the opportunity to work a little bit more closely with even some of the customers of Sage as I present at Sage Summit. And I've just met a fascinating group of of people and entrepreneurs and who really do embody what what we talk about here on our show, which is the soul of enterprise, that, that, that business has not only this external material component, but that we really need to bring a spiritual component, not necessarily religious, although it can be, but a spiritual component to to business. And that's that's really what the soul of enterprise is all about. So I'm very proud to introduce our guest today, who is the first winner of the Sage Small Business Person of the Year. And that is Michelle James from Forever Cakes. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Michelle. Thank you so, so much for having me. Oh, it's well, our pleasure, Michelle. Yeah, it is. So <laughs> let's let's tell your story. Tell your story. So you, so the deal is is that you started your business. Why? Why why did you start your business? I started my business because of my daughter. Um, she had an opportunity to go to L.A. and experience the modeling. Um, she's she models. She's seven years old, and so I prayed and asked God what it is that I should do to get her there. And he gave me baking. I was like, oh, baking? Me? Not that I didn't know how to bake, but this was just something that, you know, I just didn't do. And so I just got on it and started baking, and I raised more than enough money to get her back and forth to L.A. twice. And that's how I started baking. And everyone was like, are you going to stop? And I was like, no, not if you're going to continue to buy. And so it just grew from there. And of and of course, tell tell our listeners what happened. How'd she do in the contest? Um, actually, I just applied, and they had called me and told me that I was one of the winners for the week. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And so um, I had a lot of different opportunities with that, which you know, Ed, me, and you spoke over the podcast. And then um, I had got a phone call from Brian Webb, um, who was one of the my first contacts at the beginning. Uh-huh. And he was like, have you checked your email? And I was like, no, should I check it? He was like, or should you tell me? He, I said, no, I'm going to check it. So I went on and checked, 
and I say the congratulations, you're the winner of the year. I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, that's I great. I can't believe it because you put out a lot of hard work, but sometimes when it comes back, you really don't expect it. So I was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, also tell how your daughter did in the, the, the contest out in L.A., she won first place, and she brought home $1,000 for an educational grant. She had a one-year contract with a model, model agency out of L.A., and she had a free, a free photo shoot. So she took first place, yes. <laughs> Wow. And this is all. This is all. This is this is all because you noticed that she liked to look at herself in the mirror, right? <laughs> yes, like when she was like two, she would do all these poses, and um, my godmother, who which has a modeling agency, she just worked with um, adults, and I was like, "How about you put on a fashion show for little kids?" And she agreed to it and did it. And I put her in that show, and she had been in fashion show after fashion show after fashion show. So she had been keeping me busy, and this business had been keeping me busy. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michelle, that's interesting. You're, you, we always like to ask entrepreneurs what, what the bug was that got them into it. And, and yours was specifically to, to raise money to get your daughter out to L.A.? Yes, that was it. And, and, now, and how long have you been in business now? Um, actually, I, she went to L.A. last year in July, and so the business picked up, like, really Thanksgiving last year. I had so many orders for Thanksgiving, and at that point, I said, you know what? I um, went to school. I took the class to get my hand and sanitation license. I called the IRS. I got my EIN number. Um, I just went, you know, everything. I got my logo trademarked. I had someone do a logo for me. I um, sent that off and got that trademark. And so I took all the necessary steps that I needed to, you know, to um, be better and make the business grow. And so that's how it started really last year in November. It really kicked off. And I did all the paperwork for everything this year in January. Wow. And there is a lot of hurdles you have to jump through and hoops, isn't there, to get a business in, in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And a lot of marketing. I was actually putting um, flyers on people's cars, going to different state farms, going to different restaurants. Um, you know, hey, you don't have no cakes in here. Um, you want to try mine? You know, <laughs> so wow. I was doing all that to get forever cakes out. And now um, I'm actually, Ed, I just passed my exam to be a, um, a Wilton certified instructor. So I um, got my paperwork um, in the mail the other day. So I just passed that exam. Well, congratulations. So, so yet another yes. aspect, huh? Yes. I, I, yes. I did another. Yes. <laughs> and Michelle, what kind of cakes does Forever Cakes make? Do you specialize in, in a particular type or all kinds? Well, all kinds. At first, when I first started baking, it was just like chocolate and banana pudding cakes and strawberry shortcakes and caramel cakes, you know, the regular cakes. So now I have moved up and I do like funded cakes, you know, the big cakes with the funded on it and the SpongeBob and Elsa and different things like that. So I kind of specialize in everything, chocolate-covered strawberries. I have done fruit baskets for Valentine's Day, so cookies and, you know, yes, everything, um, bacon, apple pie, you know, whatever anybody throw out there to me, they say, can you do this? And I say, yes. And then I think about like, oh my goodness, I just said yes, but I better make it happen. So, yes. <laughs> now, do you have a storefront bakery? 
No, I don't. Not now. I'm still out of my home, but I'm working towards my bakery to be open next year. Do you have any employees that help you? It sounds kind of no, busy. <laughs> it, it is, and I do it all by myself. <laughs> oh, wow. wow, that's a 24-7 job. Yes, I do it all by myself. So you said that you never really baked before. Did you? Did you have you developed a love for it, or did you have a, a little bit of an aptitude for it, or or just something that well, you just said, "Nope, it's got." I'm going to baking. That's going to be it. Well, you know, like at Christmas time or Thanksgiving, you know, bake a cake every now and then or something like that. But no, I never really did it like that, you know. And so when I did it. I was surprised at the passion that I have for it. I love it. Like, I would just sit at the table and come up with the, I didn't know, I would never thought that that was, like, what I was supposed to be doing. And it just took my daughter, her dream, and for some, that to bring it out, bring it out of me. Um, thank God for the vision, I should say. <laughs> yes. yes. And, it, and it just drove you forward that you wanted to, to you know, do, get this this for your daughter. And, you know, it's surprising what we can come up with when we really uh, put put our minds to it and tackle it. And, yeah, it, it is, I mean, those things are very artistic. They, they very take, take an awful lot of time to get them just yes, right, too, don't they? Yeah. Yes, it does. It takes a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, what what are you thinking about in terms of the future? You mentioned that you would like to do a storefront, but do you have, have, have some kind of plans on what you might want to specialize in? Are you looking maybe a general bakey, bakery or are you still looking for these really you know specialized cakes that are specifically for special occasions? You know, I think I want to kind of be an all-around type business when it comes to the bakery where you can come in and you can get cookies or you can um, get your chocolate-covered strawberries or, you know, so I want to kind of bring out all the stuff that I've been learning and doing. You know, I want to have it available. And so um, I won't just just specialize just in one thing. I know people go crazy over my caramel cakes and the banana pudding cakes, but I won't specialize in one particular thing. I, it'll just something different where you can come in and whatever you see, you know, you can be able to get cause it's sitting out. So you have a variety is what I'm trying to say. So, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, still, that's the uh, awful lot will will be going into that, and I, I just appreciate the fact that you know people have uh, your your the dream and make make them a reality. So, um, what what else about what what's the your the, the your the most favorite cake that you've made so far? Um. Let me see. Oh, I did. Remember I told you the Michael Kors purse, which shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> I know because someone said, can you make this? And I said, yes. And again, I'm like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to do this? But I sat at the table and I made that cake in an hour and a half. You know, <laughs> the decorations and stuff. And uh-huh. the response that I got from that cake, like, oh, that looks like a real purse. That cake will forever sit in my heart as I make something that's just much more spectacular than that. But I didn't think that, you know, I can do it when I got the job to do it. But it was amazing the afterwork that came behind that cake. So, yes, that cake there. Yes, I love that cake. <laughs> that was my well, biggest accomplishment thus far. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I hope you, I hope you put lots of pictures out, out, of them out. Um, do, are you now? How can somebody get a hold of you? What's the best way? Um, I have a um, Facebook page, which is Forever Cakes. 
Then they can reach me at Make It Last Forever 82 at yahoo.com or they can visit my website at www.makeitlastforever slash 82.wix.com. Okay, but uh, as I recall that you so facebook.com slash forever cakes is is that that's that's where the, your what your uh, Facebook page is, right? Yes, that's why I post mostly everything up. Every time I do something like once a week or every day I just post the breast cancer cupcakes that I did yesterday. So I post to that page um, every time I do something, so more often than the website. So they will pretty much be able to see anything on that page. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being a guest on the Solar of Enterprise. You truly are what this show is about, and, uh, and, we, and we, we're honored to have you on as a guest. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, no, Michelle. Thank you for having me, and you guys have a blessed day. You too. All right. And congratulations again. All right, and Ron, we're we're up against our break, but what a great story, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, totally inspiring. Does it's uh, just one of those things. How many entrepreneurs started in the kitchen, you know, and right. then grew <laughs> grew an empire? I, I love know. It. Just, just fantastic. But so anyway, great story, Michelle. And ha- the, for those of you out there, we do uh, monitor Twitter, um, hashtag AskTSOE, as well as at TSOE if you want to get a hold of us via Twitter. So we, that, that's, a, that's a good place for you to go down. But, uh, also, we want to hear now from our sponsor, Azamba. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We believe great companies can become even greater by challenging the status quo within their companies. The latest challenge to your status quo? The way people buy has changed. Buyers now control the majority of the front end of the sales process. Sellers must learn to facilitate a buying process, not conduct a sales process. Social buying signals are an opportunity for sales. Learn more. Go to quantacrm.com slash ABC to request a copy of the white paper, Always Be Closing, a guide to the new art of social selling. Four new employees, a 20% increase in revenue. Being one of the 9 million women business owners in the U.S. These are your proudest numbers, your landmarks of growth and success. Sage helps you achieve business milestones with cloud and software solutions that lead to deeper financial insights. Believe in your numbers. See what Sage can do for your business. Visit believeinyournumbers.com today. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Solemn Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. All 
All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here doing Free Rider Friday, and uh, that was an inspiring uh, segment with Michelle Ed. You know, yeah. one of our passions, I think, or one thing that we kind of keep an eye on is the pharmaceutical industry. I think you brought up on our last show the the guy who bought that company and increased the price of the drug to, to yep. fifty. He bought the marketing rights, by the way, I've since learned. Uh, to that, just the marketing rights. But um, I wanted to throw something else at you. The, the FDA currently has a compassionate use policy that allows patients with dire diagnosis. These are just, you know, hey, you've got three months type of thing mm-hmm. uh, to go ahead and access drugs that have only passed phase one clinical trials, but they've ju- been judged to be safe. Okay. But a doctor has to, you know, comply with tons of paperwork i mean literally they say it's just a ton of applications to get a patient through these compassionate use policies mm-hmm. well now there's something called right to try laws yes and they are in place in arizona arkansas colorado indiana louisiana michigan missouri uh, and Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Utah, Virginia, and Wyoming, and California's got one sitting on the governor's desk. Now, I haven't looked to see if he signed it, but these allow you to go ahead and take a drug, um, you know, even though it, it maybe hasn't passed uh, FDA full trial, but if you've got a fatal diagnosis, you should be you know, you should have the right to these drugs. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the Goldwater Institute out of um, Arizona that, that really did a lot of work on this and getting these drugs into, uh, getting to these laws passed in various states. And so far, the FDA hasn't challenged these right-to-try laws. And they say if they did, they'd be crazy because uh, they'll lose twice. Not only will they lose in court, but they'll lose in the in public opinion court as well. Yeah, no, I think they definitely lose in the public opinion court. I mean, but I, you know, I think that the, the challenges with with any of these things is if they don't challenge it, Ron, what do, doesn't that does doesn't that allow um, the the idea of, of states' rights or federalism to to trump the idea of the of the FDA as a national organization, right? As a as a yeah. um, so so they're in danger if they don't challenge it because other people can say, well, if the if if we don't have to listen to what the FDA says, why do we have to listen to what the, the FCC says? Right. right? Exactly. Or or the, look at the marijuana laws. Uh-huh. Right, right. Saying, it, it does bring up really interesting Tenth Amendment issues, and and um, you know I, I I haven't done enough research on it to know what the FDA's stance on this is. But one thing I don't know it is how many people trigger, you know, trigger this. It could just be fatal diagnosis, or just in the the hundreds of thousands. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't know how many patients this affects. So maybe the FDA will just let it happen. Yeah, I, I, you know there there is a some challenges too, and you think about this, and from an ethical standpoint, you know we do have we don't have any or many fewer states have right to die laws, right? Mm-hmm. Although California's um, looking at that too, that's I think going to be passed or it has passed, right? And and look, there, I, there there's two levels of that, right? There's the assisted suicide stuff, and then there's just the do I have the right to just refuse treatment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So so let's just take the the probably less controversial case of the refused treatment yep one and say well somebody square rationally morally logically <laughs> philosophically any way you want to do this this idea that i i don't have the right to refuse treatment but i am being prevented from trying treatment mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it, there's. Just, I just don't know how you could square that circle at all in any way. So, uh, hopefully, this is going in the in the right direction because I, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 why not? Right. If why not? What what's what's the the worst that can happen is it does uh, affect them in some way, and the best that can happen is that there we do find some miracle cures for some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a crack in the dike. And, and, you know, the compassionate use policy came about, I think, as a result of the AIDS, you know, epidemic back in the 80s and 90s. And, and you know, these people had a fatal diagnosis back then. And it was mm-hmm. like, hey, we got to put some of these drugs. They also got drugs on a fast track for approval to get it through the FDA process quicker. And I think it's just another crack in the dike, maybe, of challenging the, the FDA's supremacy in approving drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, good on him. I root for him. I do too. So good work, uh, Goldwater Institute and the others who, who passed those right to try laws. I think yeah. that's a real outstanding move in the right direction. Yep. No, I I completely agree. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right, Ed, what do you got? So here's the question. This is along the government intervention or not situation. Would you be willing to allow the government to put a device in your car that would monitor the way you drive. <laughs> right, if you're speeding or just mm-hmm. all of that. Um, you, you know, we're kind of, we're somewhat there with toll, tolls, right? I mean, you've got mm-hmm. the fast pass or whatever it is, uh, but I think this is a little bit more invasive, right? Right. Because here's the thing, because the answer is you probably say no. Right. No, yes, I, I do say no. Yes. Right. But what about if an insurance company said, hey, listen, put plug your, this device sure. into your, I guess it's ODB progressive, thing. Progressive. Right? And others, progressive. Yep. Right. They're, they're doing it. And a couple of others think all states doing it now as well with some, and there's some apps that Dash is one uh, on the iPhone, any platform anyway. Maybe there's, uh, they also exist on Android. But they will give you 20% off your insurance for being able to, you know, and this is in air quotes now, watch you drive. Yep. And monitors, you know, how many uh, brakes, uh, uh, quick stops you come to, as well as accelerations. By the way, that's the other Absolutely. thing that they're they're looking looking into. So, and where, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people will will opt opt for that, right? Sure. So the question then becomes is, in general, we tend to say that we trust government. That most people, I'm not saying you and I, I'm saying that people trust trust government. Mm-hmm. But yet, when it comes to stuff like that, they're like, nope, absolutely not, but I will trust a large corporation to do it because I can get a better price. I mean, right. <laughs> I don't know. Is it is it the incentive? Is it just the better price thing that makes it work? I mean, I don't know if I would do it for a 20% reduction or some maybe dollar amount off by my taxes. I, I wouldn't do it, Ed. For, it hasn't tempted me. Uh, you know, to get a break on my auto insurance, but I, I you know, I'm all for people having the choice uh, of doing it. I, I don't have a problem, but isn't it kind of similar to the information that we give to Google or Facebook or, you know, when something's free, right? You are the product, right? <laughs> right. They're mining your information and all of that. And, I, and, and loyalty programs, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. We all sign up for these loyalty programs at our grocery mart or pharmacy or whatever. And man, they track everything we buy. Mm-hmm. Or Amazon. Yep. Have you gotten Have you gotten the the ads yet, Ron? As you're walking by a store, and all of a sudden you get an alert. Boop. You know, there's a Starbucks yes. close by. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. 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 Very clever. Yeah. 
Some of them are creepy. I know we've talked about this before. Some of them are creepy. Like, didn't you buy a shirt or something with the Mets in Texas? And, yeah. You yeah. know, sometimes, you know, but, but you bought it. I did. I know. Because you were interested in it and they kind of knew that their algorithms knew that. So I think sometimes they get it right. They, they, they get it right probably way more often than we would be willing to admit. Yeah, I think they so. You know, right. I have to say Amazon nails me on book recommendations. <laughs> I can't tell yeah. you how many books I bought that I would have never known about mm -hmm. uh, if it wasn't for their recommendation. Right, right, and you know, and, and well, we and we've talked about this too—the idea of switching costs. And you would never consider ordering anything from BarnesandNoble.com or BN.com. Right. Why bother? Yeah, no, I'm too far into Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, hence, hence, relating back, my first story is like you know that the whole a Apple Amazon convergence on because you know Amazon clearly has the book thing down, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they are just far and away the, the leader. I guess there's, what is it, the Nook, right? And yep. the other ones that, that the, the, these other e-readers. but Kobe I mean, or whatever. Yeah, yep. we talk to yep. anybody and they're like, yeah, well, you know, you can always have the Kindle app on your iPad, right? Yep. <laughs> so, yep. um, but that, you know, I'm just, just wondering if that, if where, where that's, where that's, how that's going to play out, so. And the other th interesting thing about this auto thing, Ed, is I think for, uh, you know, they it's used also by parents for teenagers, right? There's various apps you can use to check how your, your kid's driving. And um, I, I could see the usefulness of that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And you just, it, it, you just plug it in. And like I said, I, I have one of these things. It's not connected to my insurance company yet. But I did, I did get the the connector for because I, I mostly because I have an older model car that's kind of like my airport car. You know, I drive mm -hmm. to and to and from the airport basically, and and maybe baseball practices on the weekends. But um, and I really want to got it to, to monitor the car because I want to make sure, hey, it's not not breaking down. There's not some you know, major major thing happening to the car a little bit ahead of time. But as a side benefit, like all, all of the stuff that I didn't know that I was getting is all of this information about my driving, mm -hmm. right? And it, and it gives you like this driver rating mm -hmm. you know, and, and trying to tell you, you, you know, you, overall you go too fast or too slow. Now, what I don't think it's doing just yet is understanding that I am dri driving on roads where the speed limit is actually 75, Right, right, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> because we here here in Texas, we do have yes, that. Yes, here in Texas, yes. <laughs> We've only so, got that on our interstate. So, so it, it tell it tells me that I drive awful fast, which I I, I guess I do, but it is the speed limit. <laughs> right. You know, and I remember uh, talking to some actuaries about this plug-in tool, you know, for the car and how that is affecting auto insurance. And I do remember them saying it wasn't really popular. You know, not a lot, not a lot of uptake on it. But you know, actuaries tend to like anything that give the, that gives them more information mm -hmm. because they really do try and set prices by segment. Right? That's why teenage kids, boys, pay more than teenage girls for auto insurance. Right? They're yep. more reckless, sure, uh, and all of that. And it's kind of the same with helmet laws. You know, they don't really like helmet laws because. Helmet laws gave them information, or, or, or you know, whether or not you wore a helmet gave them information. And mm -hmm. if you type to wear a helmet, then you're probably more responsible, and your insurance rates might be lower. There so go. they like anything that gives them information. Yep. Nope. Nope. Cool stuff. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, great stuff. And uh, folks, we need to take a break, but I'd like to remind you, you can contact Ed or myself at asktsoe at verisage.com. And we know many of you listen on demand, so if you could keep those iTunes 
uh, ratings coming in, that would be wonderful. And you can also follow the show live at hashtag AskTSOE, and we do follow that. And now we want to hear from our sponsor and Ed's employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Four new employees, a 20% increase in revenue. Being one of the 9 million women business owners in the U.S. These are your proudest numbers, your landmarks of growth and success. Sage helps you achieve business milestones with cloud and software solutions that lead to deeper financial insights. Believe in your numbers. See what Sage can do for your business. Visit believeinyournumbers.com today. You've experienced it. Marketing and selling has changed dramatically in the last few years. The search engine has completely altered the way customers buy. Your clients are now driving the process their way. At Leading Results, we know how to work with this. We don't just jump in and start doing. Together, we plan your marketing strategy. Install a website that gets results and create lead generation programs that drive sales. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more and to schedule a 30-minute conversation with us. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. All right. Well, welcome back to Free Rider Friday, everybody. And Ed, you know we love prediction markets. Oh yeah. We haven't done a show on them yet, but no. uh, should we should? Because yeah. I think they're really cool, and they're being used more and more inside of companies to predict things like Christmas sales or whether a drug will pass uh, FDA testing, that type of thing. Interesting. Well, yeah. One of the most famous uh, political prediction markets is the Iowa electronic markets i think they changed the name it used to be like the iowa election markets or something but Mm -hmm. i think they call it now the iowa electronic markets and when you look at the 2016 presidential election this is the winner take all market so what would it cost to buy a dollar share right Mm -hmm. we've got the democrats at 57 and a half cents and the republicans at 41.4 cents Mm. wow that's very interesting. <laughs> now, I also wanted to tell you, remember, in what was it, in trade? Yes, yes. Is no more, and right? It, it's no more. I think they were, I forget what country. I thought they were in Ireland or something. But anyway, they're right, gone. Yeah. But now there's a new one called Predict It. Predictit.org. Ah. They're out of New Zealand, I believe. And when you go and you look at, now they're a little bit more detailed in the Iowa electron, electronic markets. Here you go. I'm going to read you the highlights and, okay. and 
I've just refreshed this, so this is as best as I have as of today. Who will be the 2016 Republican nominee? Your choices are Rubio, selling for 46 cents a share, or Trump for 26 cents a share. Wow. Who who will win the 2016 U.S. presidential election? Clinton, 62 cents. Rubio, 27 cents. Hmm. There you go, Ed. So now let's remind everybody what this is, which is, okay, if you really, really think that Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States, you can go buy basically a dollar. Right. Pay, a payable, a, a dollar payable on the day after the election for 62 cents. Correct. Right. Or so you can buy Rubio for 27 cents. Right. So it's. You know, it's it's kind of equated to odds, but it's actually these. What makes these prediction markets so fascinating is it's kind of like the wisdom of the crowds. Mm-hmm. The theory is, you know, when more people bet, they're more knowledgeable. Um, you know, they may have a little bit insider information or better experience or whatever. And these things tend to be fairly accurate. Now, I don't know about predictit.org because I think it's only been around for less than a year. Right. But the Iowa electronic markets, I believe, date back to 1988. And they have a pretty good record when you compare them to polls. Yes. Um, and so, you know, these things stop and give you a pause, uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's easy to get lost in the cloud of, you know, daily polls and the media and the debates and who's up and who's down. But these prediction markets tend to be a lot more stable. Mm-hmm. And they really are showing Trump at 26 cents. Well, this, you know, this gets to something that we talk about often, which is, are we asking the right question, right? Because the question asked in a poll is, who are you going to vote for? Right. Right. The question that's asked in a prediction market is, no, who do you think is going to win? Right. And, and, right. and put your money where your mouth and is. And put your money where the mouth is. Right. Right. You gotta, you, that, you've got to put, put that up. So, now, it, yeah, that's It's not gambling because it's small amounts of money. And I think that's how they fly under the radar of internet gambling. We're not talking, you know, you can't place like a you know, million dollar bet here. <laughs> um, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it also brings up kind of a side issue below this is the whole fan duel thing I wanted to ask you about. You know, they are being investigated by the attorney generals in various states. Yes. And I do, I do think you're going to see these guys just get hammered uh, for internet gambling, even though they say it's skills based. Right, because they say it's skill based because you get to pick your team, so it's right. a it's a skill. But you know, so you get but you buy that logic. So is poker because you because you get to trade in cards, right? Right. You get right. you get to say I don't want these cards, so that there's a there's a skill involved in that. And look, I think that there's something to be said for that. You don't you're not randomly going to win a poker poker tournament in Las Vegas randomly. Right. right, just randomly throwing in it, it, it. So there is a a skill piece of it, uh, but there's also a chance piece of it. And I guess that's what they're going to have to parse out: is how much is skill, how much is chance, and chance. figure it from there. Right. Yeah. It, it it it's another great illustration too out of the whole bootlegger Baptist alliance yes. because you've got the NFL, of course, supporting FanDuel because, of course, it drives TV ratings and it drives mm-hmm. you know revenue to teams and all of that. So it's just a real interesting study and in, uh, you know interests coming together. Yes, interesting. Who does not support it though? The NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? Yeah. It d- d- doesn't feel so good for somebody else scamming money off you, making money off of your product, does it now? Huh? Interesting. Oh, yeah. You think you're... you're so right they're, they're they're worried yeah well these guys are making money off of our product okay but you're making money off of that the student student athletes remember our exactly it reminds me of that south park south episode park. yeah yeah <laughs> you know just by, <clears throat> also on predicted is who will be the 2016 democrat nominee uh clinton is at 82 cents sanders is at 20 cents and then they have a market on will biden run and <clears throat> yes is six cents and no is 94 cents so um, pretty interesting stuff, but um, as you look at this political season and all of this stuff going on, I'm just reminded of Melton Friedman's line, Ed, that the point is not to elect the right people so they to do the right things. The point is to design the system so that the wrong people do the right things. <laughs> no. <laughs> Amen, Melton Friedman. Amen, Melton Friedman. Nope, nope, got that for sure. All right, you're up, Ed. All right, uh, shoot. I, I, I got to get one more in after this, so let me just tell you this. Uh, okay. Do, do this quick, and then you do a quick one. Um, Adidas is now coming out with 3D-printed shoes. I love it. 3D-printed shoes that are, are molded perfectly to fit your, your, your foot. Right, now, so is this at the stores themselves? Uh, yeah, I believe you ha- you have to go into the store to get this, and they will mold it and then send you your shoes, right? Um, so, uh, so, but this is it's three D printed to make sure that you that it's it's actually perfect fit for your foot. Beautiful. Pretty cool stuff. Beautiful. I love. I love yeah. it. I three D printing just opens up. I, I, my mind can't even grasp it. Yeah. What, what the possibilities of three D printing? Okay. Right. You you throw out a, throw out a quick one. We got oh wow! Quick one. Uh, how about eBay? You know, the first auction on eBay was for a broken laser writer, and it is sold in September of 1995 for fourteen dollars and eighty three cents. But Ed, today, oh, only about twenty percent of the things sold on eBay go off by auction. Even though economists, we love auctions, right? Because then it mm-hmm. goes to the person who values it the most and pays the most and all of that. Most things now are sold just on a fixed price or best offer. You know, the whole buy it now. Buy it now, yeah. Buy it now button. And the interesting thing about buy it now, you talk about anchoring effect, Ed. The higher that buy it now button is, the 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 final auction price or best offer price is actually higher the higher that buy it now button is because people perceive it as more valuable. But wow. I just thought it was interesting that eBay is no longer an auction site. We can't, you know, that's kind of its uh, its frame, but it's no longer an auction site for the most part. Interesting. Okay, cool. All right, can I throw another one out at you? you? Bet. Have you seen this? This is the bottoms up beard dispensing system. <laughs> No, I haven't seen it. Okay, uh, we'll we'll post this because there's a YouTube video clip of this. So that the deal is, this guy invented a system where you fill, you can fill the glass, the beer from the bottom of the glass up. So what it is is, imagine you have your, your glass, and then there's a little metal disc that's say about the size of a I don't know half dollar or something. If, if anybody knows what a half dollar is. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta be yep. old to, to know what a half dollar is, and that so that middle desk sits at the bottom, and then basically you put the 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 beer glass on top of the filling system, and because that then shoots the beer up from the bottom, it, it, it I mean it fills it like almost instantaneously, and of course there's no big foam head, right, right, right sure. And then when you and then when you pull 
when you pull the, the, the beer glass off, the disc then falls down to the bottom and then it magnetically seals to the bottom, right, of the bottom of the glass. All right, but here's the kicker. Here's the cool stuff is that not only is like that just cool, right? And you can uh, fill, I don't know, eight times the amount of beer that you can, <laughs> but just uh, absolutely insane. But the little discs, keep, you can now sell as on an advertising on the little disc. Holy smoke. That's, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Somebody's either got way too much time on their hands or is a genius. That, oh, that's genius. <laughs> I mean, you're going to see this all over the place. Can you yeah, imagine? Sure. Yeah, sure. Oh, I, right? can't, I haven't seen this. I can't wait to see that YouTube video. Yeah. Bottoms up beer dispensing. Going to love it. Going to love it. Awesome. So, hey, Ron, what do we got coming up next week? We're in your wheelhouse next week, Ed, with proper project management. I'm just going to say, Ed, what is project management? And that's it. <laughs> Gonna turn you no, off and then just no let you end. go. So, <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. See you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise. Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, supporting small and medium-sized businesses by creating greater freedom for them to succeed. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m., 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.